Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not the same as personalized therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or to submit a poem for me to read on the podcast, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, to build our community, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Welcome home, Cojourners. I'm glad you're here for another episode, and it is our first episode of this new year. And traditionally, on our new year, I like to announce our top cities and top countries for listeners. And so for this past year of 2021, I'll first name our top 10 cities. And they are number one, Los Angeles. Number two, Chicago. Number three, Atlanta. Number four, Brooklyn. Number five, Johannesburg. Number six, Houston. Number seven, Toronto. Number eight, New York. Number nine, Philadelphia. And number 10, Charlotte, North Carolina. All right, and now I wanna share our top 10 countries for this past year of where we have the most listeners listening from. Number one, the United States. Number two, Canada. Number three, the United Kingdom. Number four, South Africa. Number five, Australia. Number six, Kenya. Number seven, Germany. Number eight, France. Number nine, Nigeria. And number 10 is Sweden. Oh my goodness, thank you all so much for another year of listening to the Homecoming Podcast. And if your city or your country was not named, just keep listening and sharing it with your community, knowing that we have a global circle of cojourners and we are all making our way back home to ourselves. So I'm excited. We have a poem submission on today. And this poem comes from Tanya Caston. And Tanya lives in Florida. And the poem reads, Being gaslit, realizing it, and seeing truth. It's illuminating. All the barriers crumble. You're told why it's imperative you shrink and succumb to authority and to answer for your impulses. The jail this creates, it's a low-lit hell. Being gaslit is like being told you're not allowed to trust your feelings, ever, or risk encountering the aggressor's wrath. Wrath built from their own jail, it's how they get their spark of life how they feel cared for, having emotional puppets is their long game. I feel like I'm in the third quarter and I see the data. I can finally see the story so far, see the truth. I see how he wanted acceptance overshadowed the clouds. I see how wanting acceptance 
overshadow the clouds. How my ass for validation gave the wrong people the keys. You know what I see now. I am love. God loves me. God wants me to soar. No strings, no fear. Being around love helps highlight what that looks like. No strings. So I am breaking free. My words, my blessings, my voice is finding a place. I want, I can, I will do more in this world. More now that I'm in the third quarter. I'm feeling how I want to win in glory and righteousness. It was never enough to be adored. I want to adore myself. I'm going into the third quarter for me. Yes, Tanya, I am so happy for you. And as you shared in your message, you're having this revelation uh, in this season of your life. And I am so happy for you and glad that you are a part of our community of co-journers. And your poem on being gaslit uh, was actually right on time for today's topic as we think about starting off the year. And I want us to focus on resisting manipulation, responding to manipulation. And while manipulation is an overarching category, within manipulation can be this kind of subcategory of gaslighting someone, right? And when someone tries to gaslight you, they're trying to make you doubt your feelings, your perception of events. They're trying to make you question your own reality. Their idea, uh, their intention is to keep you confused and insecure so that you will be dependent on their version of the facts. And so someone who is trying to gaslight you when you uh, make a complaint or you raise uh, an issue or a concern with something they did or said, uh, they may say something like, you must be going crazy because that's not what happened. Or you don't know what you're talking about or you're imagining things or you're just being sensitive. I was only joking. And so you want to be aware that when it is gaslighting, the intention is to control you, to manipulate you, and it is a pattern. And I want to make that distinction because uh, just because a person disagrees with you doesn't mean they're trying to manipulate you or that they're gaslighting you. So it is not just a mere difference of opinion, but it is when someone is demonstrating a pattern of trying to undermine you, to insult you, trying to uh, say that you're just too sensitive, that your feelings don't make sense, suggesting that how you feel about something doesn't matter, or they may always accuse you of over reacting when you respond to the harm or the violation or the disrespect, then they will try to dismiss it. Some will try to even question your your memory. So if you uh, decided to do a confrontation where you were uh, talking to your parents or other relatives or others in the community about something that happened when you were a child, and they may say, well, that never happened and trying to make you doubt yourself to try to rewrite history. 
And when you try to discuss the issues with them, they will often try to go on to another topic or shift topics or disengage. And so you are aware of it not being, you know, a one-time thing, but this is a continuous process where uh, they are always uh, claiming to forget, but it's selective forgetting, right? They have good memory when it comes to other issues or good memory when it comes to remembering what other people have done to them. But when it comes to their own actions, then suddenly they can't remember that, or they will tell you it never happened, or they will try to say that you have issues or because of your instability that your recollection is off. And so being aware of whether it is um, gaslighting or pressure or coercion, uh, deception, whether people uh, try to uh, deceive you and use mockery or teasing or consistently harassing you in order to get you to do what they want. And so as we think about coming home to ourselves, we want to be free. As uh, Tanya said in her poem, we don't want to be operating on the ends of other people's strings, right? In this season, you don't want to be a puppet. You don't want to be a puppet to former abusers. You don't want to be a puppet to fake friends. You don't want to uh, be a puppet to controlling or dominating people. You don't, you don't want to be a puppet to anybody. You want to be free and you want to be able to, as Tanya did, claim your voice and your choices and your agency. And so let us look at a couple of practical steps when we're talking about dealing with people who are manipulative. And the first piece is one that I just mentioned, which is clarity about the pattern versus just a disagreement. Because we have gotten into such a place in our society that sometimes just because someone disagrees with you will say, oh, they're a hater or, oh, they're jealous. And it can put us in a mindset when we're never able to take feedback or just because someone disagrees with you that we're saying they're doing something abusive or manipulative or terrible. So you want to check in with yourself. One, what has been like the tone of this relationship? You know, what are our interactions like? And is it generally I feel that this person cares for me, respects me, perhaps even loves me, but we disagree on this particular point and it is different to have you know, a different opinion versus someone uh, denying the facts of, of things they have done, right? Or it being a, a pattern where they are always trying to control and manipulate you. So that is the first piece is really just checking in with yourself so that you can get clarity. And so you, that will then guide how I want to respond. Because I want to respond one way if I have a friend, a family member, or a coworker who just disagrees with me, I have the emotional capacity to tolerate or to have space for people with different opinions, right? Versus if I feel this person is trying to pressure me, bully me, control me, manipulate me, well, now that's going to call for a different response, yes? So 
taking some time can help you to also get clear about how you want to respond. Because when we're dealing with manipulators and bullies, they often want to get you to act quickly. Right. They don't want you to have time and space to think for yourself because they are trying to get you to do a particular thing or to feel a particular way. And so giving yourself permission to take the time that you need to reflect, to think it through, to get clear about what you want. Right. They're making it clear to you what they quote unquote remember or what they want you to believe, or what they want you to do, or the conclusion they have come to about you, right? That is their thought. But then you want to have space within yourself where I can get very clear about, you know, what do I believe? What do I remember? What do I feel? What do I think? Yes. And so not being reactive can help you to resist manipulation so that you uh, don't have the pressure that they are trying to make it like it's an emergency and you must urgently do what they require and to give yourself sacred pause. Right. We love sacred pause. Give yourself sacred pause so that you can then move or speak or feel from a place of being grounded right? So taking breath, uh, taking time, and sometimes it can also help to consult a third party, right? Sometimes when we are close up in it, it can be hard to get perspective. Sometimes it's hard to see it, especially when we feel like overwhelmed or insecure. And so is there someone who you feel is uh, neutral or someone whose opinion you trust? Not just someone who's going to always agree with you or always agree with the other person, but someone who you feel like they're they're pretty balanced and I just want to get a sense of what is their read on it. That doesn't mean I have to then agree with the third person, but at least it will it will give me some space, some room to consider, right? What is happening and what is the 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 path that I want to take going forward. Not only that, you want to consider when you're interacting with people, as I said, it's a pattern. And so it's important to reflect on generally when I'm in this person's presence, more often than not, what is the common feeling that I have uh, in terms of how I feel about myself and what is my sense of how this person feels about me? Um, because you can pick up on when people are um, belittling, when uh, they think uh, that you are not intelligent or they think you're not good enough or uh, they think they know always what's best for you. And so it is a good measure to check in with yourself. And you may even want to journal about it when you consider you know, the people that you spend the most amount of time with, when I'm in this person's presence, do I end up doubting myself more and feeling more insecure and questioning, you know, the things that I um, thought or believed about myself and not just in a, in a sense of growing together, right? Because I have, you know, wonderful friends who may bring up a different perspective and I say, oh, you know, I hadn't thought about it like that. But as I'm considering what they're sharing, I don't feel insulted by it, right? I don't feel uh, insecure or like something is wrong with me 
right? So it's different between someone raising a new idea and it may be it's stretching me, it's growing me. It's like, oh, wow, okay, new information. Got it. Thank you, right? Versus feeling dumped on, feeling destroyed, feeling like someone is considering it their duty or their delight to stand on your wings, right? To uh, demean and disrespect you, even when they cover it up with jokes, right? Sometimes people are trying to break you down and they're doing it with a smile on their face and they're laughing, right? And so um, if in a person's presence, you always feel like you're too sensitive as opposed to their being too harsh, right? Or too mean-spirited. If with certain people, you can never get anything right, right? That they're always critical and you find yourself apologizing all the time, even for things you didn't do. Some of us have even apologized to people who were the ones who harmed us, right? So if you find yourself in that loop, then you can say, you know, this, they're, they're, Maybe a lot of manipulation or um, emotional abuse or disrespect that is become like the flavor of this relationship, of this dynamic. If in their presence or the more you all are friends or uh, colleagues or partners, if you start to struggle even more with decision making, right? That you used to be able to make some decisions for yourself, but now this person has you constantly questioning uh, your own capacity and making you feel like you need them to decide everything for you, right? So, you know, as opposed to when you're in interactions with people and you feel more empowered, right? When you feel more capable, that you feel like you're growing and learning and, you know, and thinking things through. So you have the critical thinking skills and you can trust yourself more when you're in the presence, people who respect you or care about you, it allows you to flourish instead of shrink, right? So in this dynamic, do I find myself shrinking more or shining more, right? And so you want to uh, consider once you recognize that it, it is a pattern, right? Perhaps even as I was describing it or as you journal about it this week, and can you give yourself permission to take some space, right? Because it's one thing if I have to deal with a manipulative person, you know, who is on my job, but I am not constantly interacting with them, right? But if this is um, your supervisor, or this is someone you live with, or this is your so-called best friend or partner, then, you know, we, we are in uh, a place of challenge, which is also a place of opportunity for you to really think about, is it emotionally healthy for me to continue these interactions? And when you see that it is a pattern, then you want to consider communicating with the person about it. You want to consider taking some space from them, or you want to consider cutting off the interaction so that you are not continuing to be subjected to that. And I am not the one to make that decision for you of which pathway to take, but it is important to consider your options so that you do not continue 
to feel stuck in having to sacrifice your mental health for the other people to be happy, right? That they're happy and they're at peace and you're miserable and feeling uh, worse and worse about yourself. And so to think about how you can take space, right? How you can uh, reduce the interactions And as you're taking space to be intentional about encouraging and nourishing yourself, because often if you have been around these people for a long time, and for some of you, it may be a parent. So it may be like all your life, uh, you have been undermined in this way and made to doubt yourself. And so to help to build yourself up, to build up your confidence and your love for yourself and your respect for yourself, it will help to get around some other people so that you have a different experience of what friendship is or what family is or what partnership is, right? Because sometimes when people have only had these negative experiences, they assume that all relationships are about power and manipulation and control. And if that's all you've experienced, uh, that is very painful And it also is not the uh, fullness of what interaction, friendship, relationship can be. Yes. And so one of the ways that we can have these corrective experiences, these therapeutic experiences, is spending time with friends that don't try to control you, that don't perpetually disrespect you or insult you. Right. And so building up uh, that inner space as well as your relational space in ways that are nourishing. It can also be helpful if we're speaking of gaslighting in particular, where people try to uh, make you question your own experience, right? Your own telling of the narrative or of your memories. It can help for you to jot down uh, the things that have happened, right? Because sometimes what manipulators will do is, you know, if you wait and raise the issue later, or sometimes even if you raise it immediately, they'll say, I didn't say that. I didn't do that. Right. And they will say it so convincingly that you can start to actually question yourself. And so, you know, when we talk about dealing with manipulators and gaslighting or even narcissists, it can really help to take notes. Now, I will say, especially if you're dealing with someone with narcissistic personality disorder, it's not for you to go and bring them your evidence, right? Because someone who is committed to the falsehood will only delight in continuing to debate you, right? So you're not trying to convince them when someone is engaging in this as a pattern. They're not going to say, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. My mistake. Right. Versus if I have a healthy friendship and, you know, the other person got got it wrong or misunderstood something, they would apologize and say, oh, my goodness, I didn't realize that. I'm sorry. But when you're dealing with someone who is trying to control you and dominate you, no matter what evidence you present, they are going to continue to commit to the deception and to the falsehood. And so when you're dealing with someone like that, it is healthier for you to disengage, right? Whether that is just uh, uh, pulling back on your energy, 
right? So that you don't get wound up in it, that you don't give them all of your time and energy, or whether that means a larger uh, step of taking uh, space away from them. But the journaling can definitely help so that when the person is saying, oh, you know, you're ending this friendship for nothing or you're breaking up with me for nothing or, you know, I've never done anything to you for you to be able to recount to yourself. I had clients who, you know, are going through major breakups or divorce. And as they start to think back over the years, there are so many violations, so many hurtful things that were said and done that in order to stay in it, they had pushed out of their minds. And so then it looks like at this point, they're overreacting when in reality, it has been a long history of disrespect and manipulation and emotional abuse. And so to take notes, if you have a secure way to do that on your phone or on your laptop, or if you have a journal that's in a safe place, so that you can remember to yourself, right? So that you um, won't uh, be so uh, much doubtful of your own experiences. And then can help not to say, I want to get into like a long debate with people, but when falsehoods are spoken, whether this is on my job or in my friendship circle, to simply say, I disagree, right? That is not how I remember it, right? Or that's not what happened. And, you know, you can make a decision of like how much you want to say in that moment. But if you see it's just looping and not going anywhere, then you can release it. But to at least sometimes people feel disheartened if they are walking away from a situation and feel like, the person lied or misrepresented and, and you never uh, spoke up. And so, you know, to just say it very clearly of like, I don't uh, find your joke funny or that is not what happened or yes, you did. And I remember, right, that's a big one when I'm helping clients who are confronting uh, former abusers and the person um, is saying I didn't do that or that didn't happen you know, to just be able to, in your place of calm clarity, say it absolutely did happen and I remember it and that should never have happened. You should not have done that to me, right? Sometimes just getting to speak that if it's a safe, physically and emotionally safe enough to to say that uh, can be very liberating. And so I would say, you know, the aim of manipulators is to really make you feel bad about yourself so you're easier to control. And so an important part of your healing and restoration and liberation will be caring for yourself and being in community and relationships where there is care so that you are reminded of your worthiness of respect so that you are reminded by yourself and by others that you are deserving of affirmation, of acknowledgement, of truth, right? You are deserving of truth. And people who are willing to honor and name the truth even in times when they messed up, right? Or even when they did things they should not have done. And so to take good care of ourselves. And then I would just say, if you are in a place where either you're still in the relationship or dynamic 
and it is very distressing, disturbing, overwhelming, or let's say you have been out of it, but it keeps replaying in your head and you feel like it's sabotaging your other relationships, you really may want to consider talking with a psychologist, another mental health professional to work in more detail and more depth so that you can get free. It's a new year. It's a new season. And we are not going to be in bondage to the past. We're also not going to be in uh, bondage to people who want to manipulate and control. We are really seeking in our homecoming to live liberated lives psychologically, physically, emotionally, culturally, spiritually, politically, financially, holistically, right? That we want to get free. And so a part of that is really uh, protecting ourselves to the level that is possible for us so that we can live full lives. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. Mm -hmm.